Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Lance Jacobs. This is Pre K 12 Education Talk Radio, and it's uh, the 23rd of January 2024. And I got to tell you, I've had the last two weeks from hell, um, COVID, and then a COVID rebound, and I'm rebounding from that now. So I feel like my head is approximately the size of sea biscuits, and I'm also, as you're pardon the pun, a bit hoarse. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> Bear with me today, all right, and maybe for a couple of shows as, as I get over this darn thing, which is just ridiculous. I know it's go- the COVID is going around. I have a lot of friends and people from all over the country who have written me and said they have it. I hope everybody's feeling better, and I hope they're having decent weather, okay, wherever they are so they can get outside and enjoy whatever whatever's going on out there. This is pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. As mentioned, I'm Larry. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org which is the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education over at ace-ed.org. And everything we do over there is free. We have a new issue with the magazine, Equity and Access, up there. All the regular information, all our equity awards information, and as mentioned, every podcast we do will be over there as well. So please check it all out. It's all free over at ace-ed.org. And today we're going to be talking to one of my good friends over at the Council for Exceptional Children. I got executive assistant, excuse me, associate executive director, Lori Vanderplug here. Here we go with my voice here. And also, I don't know if Jerry's here. I'm going to find out. We have Nat Hansuvada here, who is a special ed professor and department chair of liberal studies over at Cal State in Long Beach, where I think the weather stinks with all the rain. And she's also president of the California <laughs> Association of Professors of Special Education. Okay, I'll start start with that and say good morning to you, Nat. Because it's six six o two in the morning out there. Good morning, it's Larry here. <laughs> good morning. I'm caffeinated. I'm all good. <laughs> uh, good girl. That's the spirit. I like to hear it when you talk to the youth. Because how was the weather? I read uh, San Diego just down the road from you. It had terrible weather yesterday. How are you guys doing in Long Beach? We're we're surviving. Um, we were striking in the rain yesterday, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad, San Diego, flooding and all that sort of stuff. It's a rampaging flood, I might add. I hope everybody's all right. Lori, is that you there? Are you there? I am here. Good morning. I'm sorry you're a little under the weather, but uh, I'm glad oh. you were joining us today. It's been quite, it's been quite a ride. Uh, fully, fully vaccinated, fully boosted, and got COVID two weeks ago from a friend of mine's son. And it's been bouncing around the house, my wife and I, and then bouncing back again into the just been nuts, but I'm glad to be here today. I really am. And again, both of you in the audience, pardon my voice and a little bit of coughing or whatever happens. I, I hope you uh, appreciate the sacrifice I am making as I start to feel better from all this. And I'm only kidding about that. Uh, one thing, Lori, uh, Jerry has not joined us yet. Jerry Goings. Uh, do you know anything? Would you want to get in touch with him? Um, I did not, but I'll send him a quick message. But Yeah, uh, see if he turns on. Sorry. Okay. And I want to ask you, Nat, yep. first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. You're, you're the uh, president of the California Association of Professors, I love this, of Special Education, which, thank you for the, another acronym, is CAPSE, C-A-P-S-E, California Association of Professors of Special Education. But I noticed, and I just had to ask that you're chair of liberal studies, right, at Cal State University in Long Beach, okay? That's so, correct, yes. Yeah, so put together, and this I thought was interesting, Liberal studies and special education. Normally, special education falls under education, the education school. I'm just curious how it worked out that way at Cal State U. Yeah, that is interesting. I, you know, I 
liberal studies is our only undergraduate degree program in the College of oh. Education. And so because we're situation, situated in the College of Ed, we have multiple pathways for our undergraduate students to earn their teaching credential, whether it's an elementary gen ed teaching credential, a special ed teaching credential. We'll soon have a, what we call a PK3 teaching credential. So oh, it's part of good. what we call our, yeah, our integrated teacher ed program. Right. That's good to know, but I'm glad to see you're innovating stuff out there because it's, it's more important than ever now. Okay. We can't get bogged down in education. It's changing so quickly like everything else. And we have to keep Absolutely. moving forward innovating. So I, I really like that. Thank you. And again, thanks for being up so early. You're an expert, okay, if I may. And this is what we're going to be talking about, in inclusive leadership. We're going to focus on special education, inclusive leadership. And I would imagine, Lori, are you there? Are you back? Lori? I, I'm here, yeah. Okay. So I, I want to swing over to you and let you get to start from CEC's point of view. Okay, Council for Exceptional Children, all right, which is exceptionalchildren.org. All right, what are you seeing right now, A, in terms of getting people, getting leadership in special education, and then B, being uh, for people, for diverse leadership, if I may, inclusive leadership in special ed, because special ed doesn't care what race, religion, gender, or anything else you are, okay? It's for everybody. And Talk to me about what's going on with inclusivity within that and the leadership field within that. Yeah, thanks. Um, CEC, Theater uh, Center, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So CEC Go. and the Theater Center have been uh, collaborating on this initiative, and it's really intended to support the development of building leadership, um, that we want them to be able to create that collaborative and productive workforce. And Larry, we've talked a few different times about the special oh, yeah. education shortage. Well, um, mm-hmm. And so it's, it's important that those uh, building leaders really provide a strong, inclusive, and culturally focused climate, um, you know, that provides opportunities for, you know, people to feel valued and for people to be engaged. And we really hope that that's going to an opportunity to more effectively attract, prepare, and retain um, not only an effective first workforce, and we've talked about the workforce being not only the special ed personnel, but actually administrators as well. Um, so this is included Absolutely. in that. But I just want to a little shout out that what CEC is doing, and then I'll turn it back over to Nat. But um, okay. we are really looking at trying to strengthen the relationship between general education and, and special education. And so at our CEC convention, Good on March 16th or 13th through the 16th in San Antonio, we actually created a strand um, very intentionally around inclusive leadership for building leaders. And so we are really hoping to recruit more uh, building leaders uh, to come and collaborate professionally and have some great learning opportunities, um, you know, with their special education peers. So we're giving a free registration code for any building principal across the nation. Uh, to attend CEC, and the code is 24CEC100. So, you know, we're really hoping to be able to strengthen the relationship, uh, develop their capacity, um, and uh, develop a more sustainable system for our special ed personnel over time. You know, and uh, that that is extremely interesting, you know, and I'm glad you're doing all that, which brings up the interesting point. You know, school, school administrators are not necessarily trained in special education. I don't even know if they have to take a course in it or not. Yet special ed is growing 
by leaps and bounds percentage-wise in our support kids have IEPs, et cetera. Okay, and it's hard enough to find it's hard enough to find special ed teachers, let alone special ed administrators who know what the heck they're doing. Okay, in such then you add inclusive into that and diverse into all that. Where are where are we with all that in the training? of administrators to understand special ed as well as they should. Nat, you're like an expert in this. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I do think inclusive leaders, unfortunately, are few and far between. And I think the reality is is that since pandemic, it's it's been harder. I almost feel in some ways that we're going backwards. I feel like there's more resistance among school staff and school administrators to effectively include our kids or to even want to include students with disabilities in their class because teachers are asked to do so much more to, you know, make up for that quote-unquote learning loss. So I I think it's such a critical time to think, you're right, think innovatively and to remember why, like, all of our children belong together and in the same classrooms. And it does have to start with our leadership. Without that leadership vision and support, I I think it's really tough. And I'm curious what Lori thinks, but, you know, this is, this is a really a a rally call for, for us to think differently and to really support our ed admin programs to create that teacher pipeline you know, starting with inclusive teacher preparation all the way through our ed administration programs. Well, I, I agree with you, and, and I'll say it again. Teacher training, I, don't, I, I, was, I was a teacher for years, and when I went to school, okay, believe me, special ed was never even mentioned. I was a history teacher. It was never mentioned. Okay, and I went to school a long time ago. All right. And, you know, it's, I, I think many educators really, they, they kind of know what special ed is. Everybody kind of knows it, just kind of generically, but they don't really understand it as deeply as they should. And they're involved with so many kids who do have IEPs, et cetera. We really need to get make that a bigger part in this day and age, okay, of what a teacher needs to know before they walk into a public classroom. I mean, to me, it's just important. I have another question here before I move on from that. Nat, when you say inclusive leadership in special ed, Define what you're talking about. Are you talking about a, a, a diverse leadership, people of different uh, races, genders, whatever the case may be, leading the team? Or are you talking about an understanding of inclusivity so that everybody, kind of, all, the, all the kids that will be, are, are part and parcel of what we're doing in special ed? Just explain what it is in your mind. Sure. How you define it. Well, yeah. Right. And as I well, mentioned, I th- by, the way, Nat, by the way, Nat, I'm like the Wizard of Oz. I declared you an expert, hence you are. I'll give you a little medallion, okay? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, well I, congratulations, just clear, Madam Expert. Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I believe, personally, that, you know, there's a philosophy of inclusive leadership. So we're talking about, you know, school leaders, school professionals believing that all kids should have the opportunity to, to learn together be together in shared classrooms that are heterogeneous. However, I, I think that school professionals, generally teachers, and especially principals and school administrators don't know how to actually implement That's that right. because yeah. they've never had 
opportunities, experiences of what that looked like, sounded like when they taught. And so, you know, you had talked about, you know, special education for them and for teachers who are now administrators or our most veteran gen ed teachers, they grew up teaching alongside colleagues where it was still a very segregated model. So when I talk about inclusive education, I'm talking about diverse kids of, of course, you know, ability, you know, race, language, learning together in classrooms where they're being, they they have teachers with different expertise. They're seeing co-taught, they're in co-taught classrooms. Um, They're there for both, you know, academic, social reasons and outcomes, and it's really reflective of that that school culture. Um, and I, I, I've seen models where this actually happens because from the top down, from the school leaders to the school staff, um, those schools believe and practice that all students become more responsive and caring citizens when they learn together. And I'm happy I, to I, I would agree. That's, I, that's I would agree. I, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So my, my question, so how's that work? And let me ask the funny the question in a funny way, Nat. How's that working out? You've seen it work in specific cases, okay? How's it working out generically across the board? Where do, how do we make something like that happen? Well, you know, we have to make excellent examples of what that looks like in California. And I've, I've seen these sites. And I, I just want to preface that some of these excellent schools that are really known, not just regionally, but nationally, schools such as like Chime, you know, with Chime, it's a K-8 school that began in 1990 in L.A., or we have another excellent inclusive school site um, also, it's called WISH in um, Los Angeles. Those schools were really dreamt up from the beginning. Um, are they are they, are they public schools or are they private are they private schools? They, the way you're describing that, that's it. That's an excellent question. Yeah. So those those are charter schools. So you know, uh, um, okay. and they're public. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But those, both time and wish schools are demonstration sites that partner closely with school preparation programs and also add leadership programs at, at you know and really helping, again, you know, create that pipeline and making sure that student teachers, teacher interns are seeing those models of what inclusive practices look like in those schools. Um, And, again, kids of all abilities, including kids with extensive support needs, are in these classrooms together. Well, could it be done on a larger scale? By the way, I'm going to come on, hold on, just before you answer that. Jerry just called in. Hold on. Let me just say good morning. Jerry, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm sorry for um, joining late. Had a little bit of issue this morning. I'm sorry. No excuses. That will be a detention. You will be staying after school today. Okay? We can't put up with that. Am I correct, Nat? Yes, I would love your input. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Jerry, thanks for for joining us today. I appreciate it. And again, to you, it's 7.15 in the morning today. So thank you so much. I hope those issues issues are in the past. Again, by the way, you do not have to sit detention. Okay, just so you know, and I'm going to introduce you in a minute, but I wouldn't have just finished 
what we were talking about, what some charter schools are doing in inclusive inclusive leadership, in inclusive kids, inclusive classrooms in special education. Can it be done on a larger scale, Matt? Absolutely. And and we do see those. You know, we partner with Long Beach Unified. It's, um, you know, a very large urban school district, but they happen at individual sites. So to answer your question, bottom line, absolutely, but it's tough. It, it's that you need to focus so much on that relationship building between your administrators, yeah. your school staff, and it takes the coalition of the willing initially, right? Like, yeah. who can I get on board? And which classrooms and teachers can I start with? And who's willing to take this risk? But absolutely, but it, it, it's tough, like I said, when it's not built from the ground up. But, yes, it does happen in schools, maybe not necessarily district-wide, but I know districts who are taking those initial steps because they want to see it happen. Yeah, it's hard, and, and, it should, and it, hopefully it should work because all these kids are going to go out in society. They have to be able to work in a society that's not so specialized, so to speak, okay? Mm-hmm. Go out into the real world and, and make themselves work, and the sooner we get them to start with that, the better. And one last question before I go over to Jerry. Okay, Ned, when, when you train teachers – at your school, Cal, Cal State Long Beach, okay, um, are, are, is the education department doing doing this? Are they are, are they inclusive in the way? I don't want to say this properly. Are they teaching the teachers to be very inclusive in all they do, just like you're advocating here? Well, what's the word from your colleagues? That's where it all starts. So, yeah, I, I would say that in, in some regards, yes. Uh, we have multiple pathways for our teacher candidates to earn their credentials. So we we did create what we called an urban dual credential program. So that's our blended teacher preparation program where our students can earn their elementary or what we call our, their multiple subject teaching credential and their education specialist teaching credential together. So it's a cohorted model. It's residency-like. They're in both Gen Ed and special education placements from day one of their credential program. They work closely with mentor teachers, with school staff, and school administrators. And it's based on this, you know, multi-tiered system of, of support, universal design for learning. So yep. Yep. that is one of our flagship programs where it's totally focused on inclusive education. And those are those future teachers that hopefully you know, influence schools that also want to move on to earn their, you know, let's say, ed admin credential, and one way we can make it happen. So. And I just thought of something else. Forgive me, Jerry, I just want to finish this thought up with that. Matt, is it cheaper, less expensive, more efficient to educate this way? I, I have a feeling it is. Okay? But I'm, I'm curious. See, that, that's a key thing. If if it's less expensive and it works better, hello, why don't we do it? Ned, what's the word on that? Well, like I think, you know, you were alluding to earlier, I think our kids, by the time they get, you know, they, they, they go to college and they're pursuing teaching as a career, if they do, right? It's, it's not always the yeah. hottest career choice. You know, they've got some antiquated, yeah. stereotypical beliefs about what it means to teach in special ed or who quote unquote special ed kids are. And it's, it's, it's not a, a, a glamorous idea of, you know, teaching special ed compared to let's say, Oh, but if I was a math teacher or a science teacher, so part of it is, you know, really educating 
you know, future teacher candidates about what it is and who we teach. And yeah. I think doing it yeah. from a social justice perspective. And I think initially earn this more inclusive dual credential because I can earn a single credential and get to the workplace earlier. But then you think about what happens in school districts when, you know, let's say school districts and parents um, disagree about the kids' placement or quality services and the cost and time of due process and litigation. And I think about things like that or hiring, you know, teachers or, you know, um, these vacancies um, in in special education. So I think overall the cost is way more effective early on if we train teachers early and we train them with these inclusive skill sets, mindsets. Yeah, we we got to make those changes there and then it starts to infiltrate the whole system. And you're absolutely, it's exactly what That's we have goal. to do. Thank That's you. my goal. Yeah. Yes. I, I know it is. And it's, it's a good goal. I got to tell you that. Okay, Jerry, welcome again. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you being here from Colorado Regis University, where you're the program director of educational leadership. And we're talking, Jerry, about inclusive leadership, all right, within leadership being inclusive in all aspects of special education, actually, as well as inclusive leadership. Okay, people of all types become leaders, but let's get all the kids involved. How do you, and Jerry, you're an expert on this and talk to me what's going on over at Regis, but how does the leader set the tone for a school to understand all this and make it, make it happen? Because I, I think it will be less expensive and work better, so, but we got to set the tone and said that the, the tone has been set for a long time the other day, that quote, special ed is, is, is special and beyond what we can do and that's not actually accurate. Okay, so go ahead, talk about it, Jerry. Jerry Goings, everybody. With that introduction, Jerry, where are you? Anybody there? Nat? Oh no. I think you asked Where's a really it? tough question. Maybe, maybe his um maybe he's thinking about this phenomenal response. I'm sure he's. I don't know. Are you, Nat, are you, can you hear me? I want to make sure, Lori. Can you hear me? Now. Yes. Wait a minute. Oh, I think I heard him. Jerry? Now I'm hearing a squeeze. Hang up and call it again. Oh, wait, Jerry? Oh, there you go, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) Something happened. We're going to get this yet. I had my my iPods in. I tell you, this is uh, uh, um, and then all of a sudden (laughs) something happened with them. So, uh, um, 7.15 in the morning, it's a tech glitch. You're forgiven. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Well, I, I think Nat's earlier than I am. Yeah, I think Nat's <laughs> earlier than I am, though. So, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, uh, you know, when I was looking at the, the questions and I was uh, really reflecting on it um, and uh, what you do to prepare leaders to be inclusive leaders. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, really, really it just comes down to everyone thinks that uh, um, when you um, have a tendency to spend the energy um, and spend the time to make sure that when you talk about developing an education and leading an education system in a school, um, and all means all children, um, uh, you know, sometimes people yeah. put that mental block and say, eh, really, um, we, mean, we mean 90%. We're not going to get to 10%. Um, and uh, um, the fact is, the better you build a system that means all children, and it's inclusive, whether it's culturally relevant 
whether it's um, does a great job um, with our special education students, whatever it may be, it's good for all kids. Um, that's, that's the piece. If you really learn and learn well and collaborate well um, within a building and you lead strong collaboration with teachers, whether or not you're working with kids that have an IEP or kids in the gen ed program, both situations are going to be better for kids. Kids are going to learn yep. at higher levels when you learn how to do that. So yep. uh, thinking that it's, it's separate uh, and, and uh, thinking that it's separate, which in a way it is with IEPs and so on, but the fact is the better you're able to lead a yeah. building and lead a building in the idea that all means all, and we're going to work really hard together to make sure that happens. Yeah, you know, you know, it's so interesting when you said that. You reminded me of something that happened here on the show a few years ago. Uh, I was talking uh, to, to an educator in um, eastern Tennessee, and they had terrible, terrible flooding right then. Uh, so much so that schools were destroyed, etc. And it was uh, a couple of years ago when people were really all all up in arms about SEL, social emotional learning, all that, and one of the educators wanted to really help the kids with their resiliency, all right? And we were talking on the phone about this, actually, and uh, he, he had said he, he said that they just don't want SEL here because it was a very conservative community, and they didn't have a full understanding of what was going on. And I said, well, why don't you change the name and just call it flood, flood education or post-flood education and just do the same damn thing? And he did, okay? They changed it to resilience education. The parents loved it, and they all got into it. Okay, because yeah. it was the title that, that what they were calling it that was scaring them, not the idea. All right. And, you know, as you were talking, I was, I was thinking, you know, if, if we call, Lori's going to kill me for this one. And all my friends in special ed are going to kill me for this one. Inclusive leader, if we call it special education, if we change that to inclusive education and just continue what we're doing, but just give it a different name. Okay, we're going to get a lot more cooperation, understanding from people, because the more we separate people, the worse it is. Okay, it, it always has been. I'm not saying change anything in the curriculum, change anything in the pedagogy. I'm just saying change the word so the mindset is different. Okay, and that's that's the thing when you just said it's a mindset, Jerry. Okay, yeah. If we can get all the it, 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 these kids are special because they have special needs. Okay, okay, but they're, but they're just kids like everybody. And they're going to go out and they're going to be people just like everybody else. All right. And we just got to make sure that everybody's inclusive. But what do you think of that? What, what, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, uh, I believe I understand the pedagogy, pedagogical differences, but it, it, it's a, it's a mindset thing. What do you think? It, it, my friend? Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I love how you, you said that because uh, one of the other um, huge pieces in any kind of educational leadership is uh, understanding the context in which you lead. I think, yeah. I think everyone needs to understand that context. And the biggest context, and this was, this was from my mentor when I came up as a leader um, in, in K-12 um, and a former high school principal, was the number one context that you have to understand is it's a public school. Um, and you've got yeah. to understand your community. Yeah. You've got to understand your public. Yeah. And if, if you have to work language around to get buy-in, um, for all kids, then do it. Exactly. Um, be, exactly. Because in the in the end, 
in the end, what you want is the result of a better system that meets the needs and gives access. You know, I, I just just gives access to learning in your building, uh, and uh, and and you have to do you have to do foundational work first as a leader um, and coming in. And, and when you're coming in as a leader, you can't just assume that um, the foundation has been laid and there's definitely the mindset that you talk about in terms of making sure that every single every single staff member in that building has the mindset that all means all yeah it does and it's hard to do and i'm going to ask you the same question i asked Nat, jerry how how would are they work are they doing this at regis university where you are okay because there are all great <laughs> ideas, but education, here we go. Education, all right, is, is, a, is a public education is a bureaucracy. And everybody has great right. innovative ideas and all that. And I might add, so did Franz Kafka, okay? But it does, in a bureaucracy, it's tough to have innovative ideas because a bureaucracy fights innovation. That's, that's its job, yeah. all right? That's its job, okay? So therefore, what? okay, I'm curious, as, as you... As, as you work with future education leaders, you're director, uh, program director for educational leadership at Regis. How are we doing on all this? And, and then well, you know, that's, that's, special ed. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, you. you know, uh, I'm super thankful to um, Cedar and the Cedar organization, and um, helping us uh, with a grant last year where um, we went through um, a pretty deep assessment of how well we're um, providing uh, uh, preparation um, to be an inclusive leader. And with that, we went through an innovation configuration system that really allowed us to assess all levels of what we're doing with that. Um, when we came out of that, uh, I definitely was able to identify a couple of gaps. Um, we're rewriting one of our um, our core courses um, to do a much Good. better job to um, include uh, many of the pieces of um, Before that, what we were doing was um, um, throughout our courses, which we'll still be doing this, but throughout our courses, we said we're going we're gonna to have alignment to inclusive leadership here and there. Where there's an issue with it when it's throughout a course is you're missing maybe some focus. So now we're rewriting a course that definitely have the title of inclusive leadership um, and definitely oh, have cool. the focus of inclusive leadership. And the other side to that, we're just going to do really, really culturally responsive leadership too. Um, um, it's it's just making sure that you're developing systems um, in a school well, where all kids have access to learn. Yeah, where the way they're engaged, so, so, the type of learning yeah. they're doing. I agree with you. Because it, it, so I hope it we're is doing. So darn important. Yeah. That's I hope we'll be doing a much better job when we get that all done. We're re rewriting that course this spring, um, and uh, good. Uh, uh, and in preparing our our future leaders. That's excellent. And by the way, you mentioned Cedar, and I, I just right. want to—I think this is the one you mean. The collab. Let me do this acronym for everybody: the Collaboration for Effective Educator Development, Accountability, and Reform. Is that the one we're talking about? Correct. Correct. Okay. Good. Good. Out of the University Cedar. of Florida. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's also CETA, S-E-T-D-A. That's the State Ed Text Directors Association. There's a million of these right. acronyms out there. But this is right. a collaboration right. for effective educator development, accountability, and reform. Let me swing back to Nat. Nat, when you hear that they're rewriting courses, what's going on over at Cal State where you are? First of all, Jerry, that makes me so happy to hear, and I would love to learn more about, you know, what you're you're doing in the education preparation field and how you're meaningfully working to prepare more inclusive leaders. Like, that is so inspiring to hear because I, I really no. believe that we'll teach kids and show kids who belong, and it starts with leadership. The leadership is essential to that culture and conditions of inclusion. So that that's that's incredible. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Matt. And when when you were when you were talking about where, whether it's being done at the district level, um, you know, I, I'm obviously I'm biased about about leadership and school leadership, um, and uh, and you know, the, it, it starts at the district level to making sure they're hiring principals that have that mindset. Um, um, because the principal is going to really develop that, um, or the director, or whoever's running the school. So um, I definitely agree with you. It's very difficult um, at the district level, um, yeah. uh, but uh, but the focus needs to be on hiring the right people. Absolutely. In this day, Absolutely. in this day and age, you guys. Uh, I'm so glad you guys have a mutual admiration society there. That's wonderful, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we found this year's Bachelor and Bachelorette. Congratulations. That's, that's great. Okay. I mean, that's terrific. And, you know, we, we just need more people doing this because it's all changing, and it changes at a rate you can barely keep up with. But in this day and age, public education specifically, you know, it just, it's hard to keep up. And, and Lori, when, when you hear all this over at the association, what, 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 what do you come up with with all this? What's your, what's your thoughts? Lori Vanderplug over at CEC. Well, I think we're trying to support the work uh, that both Jerry and Nat are doing. That's why we're pulling people into the uh, convention in San Antonio and really focusing in on this. Uh, we realize the importance, and um, you know, when you mentioned a little bit earlier about moving and building capacity from a national perspective, that's exactly the direction that we're trying to go. Yeah. Um, some states in California have changed not only their teacher credentialing, but also their administrative credentialing to be more universal, which means they're preparing gen ed and special ed, you know, simultaneously um, within the same level of content. So everyone comes out prepared to meet the needs of all, um, as, as uh, Jerry just articulated. So CEC has a great relationship with uh, the Cedar Center, um, and we are working very closely with them to try and uh, build the capacity uh, within states uh, we want to move past just pockets of excellence, <laughs> and we want to figure out how we can really develop a sustainable system that is going to benefit all. Yeah, it has, and it has to benefit all. And you know, I'll tell you something else. It has to. You know, when we say benefit all, it has to benefit everybody, and that's the teachers and the administrators as well. Okay, because Correct. we got to retain Correct. them, and if they're happy, they stay. And if people respect exactly. the need for innovation and changes, they stay. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Okay, they know what they're doing. All right, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's just thinking like the British, the British generals in World War One had no good idea what the heck they were doing, and they were sending the troops in as cannon fodder. All right, even though the troops kept saying no, you're just sending us in wave after wave for no reason. Okay, we can't operate like that anymore. 
okay? We have to be able – everybody has to listen to those people in the trenches, okay, and understand what they're doing. And the administrators are reflective of the needs of what the educators are doing. Uh, so all I can say is thank you, guys. You were all three wonderful. Okay, they're just great to have you here today, and I really appreciate it. Nat, great to know you. Thank you so much. And the way you're, you. wear your gloshes so and high rubber boots. It's going to rain some more. <laughs> I'll be prepared. Thank you. Be prepared. Okay, out in Long Beach. And, Jerry, thank you, my friend, for being with us today. And I hope this morning's aggravations are behind you. Okay? I'll well, they you are. Uh, you're you're definitely uh, you're definitely motivating me. I love your passion. Oh, thank you, thank you. And I love yours yeah. too. You're an excellent. You yeah. you yourself are an excellent leader. Okay, and we need more like you in educational leadership as well as is Nat. Okay, and Lori, as always, thank you. Tell Chad I said hi. Okay. I will do, and you take care of yourself, Larry. We look forward. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm getting better every day. Okay, it's just wild here. All right, but thank you. All three, you, 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 all three of you got me going too today. I feel pretty good right now. Okay, so thank you so much and have a good day. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay, everybody, three experts in special education about how important it is for leaders to understand inclusivity throughout their school. Okay, uh, we're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. Go over and check out everything we're doing on our Consortium for Equity, our magazine, our awards, and all the podcasts we do. All right, so do that. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.